Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Many of you... uh either saw last night or have heard this morning or throughout the day today uh, some of the events that took place at a a school board meeting last night, Granite School District, uh, talking about uh, mask mandates. And, uh, of course, the uh, the meeting turned uh, disappointing, to say the least. It got uh, quite hostile uh, with a lot of uh, yelling and shouting, and they actually had to adjourn the meeting because of the disruption. Now, We understand people are frustrated. We understand when people don't feel like their voices are heard. Uh, We think all of those things are important. The the thing that I want to focus on here in our uh, final segment in our first hour today is how do we deal with it? How do we we deal with things when things go wrong? Uh, It's not that we have to passively or silently uh, accept But we also have to be careful in terms of how we do it. How we do things matters. When we do things matter. Uh, I've I've long subscribed to the idea that America is actually at its best when we are a country of differing ideas, competing visions, rigorous debate. All of that is good. Uh, But it's important to remember that the goal, the goal of public discourse and political debate has never been about disagreeing less on the issues. The goal is to disagree better. That's what we're after. And sadly, there's a lot of people in our communities who have completely disconnected uh, because they're just exhausted by it. It's too frustrating, too volatile, too futile, too stressful. Uh, And that just creates more angst and frustration. So how do we do it better? We often talk about disagreeing better. Let's talk about some specifics today in terms of how do we do that? How do we disagree better? And I'm going to turn back the the clock. We're going to go to two of the founding fathers, George Washington and Benjamin Franklin. Uh, They spent a great deal of time and extended a lot of personal effort to shed some light on the principles for disagreeing better. Uh, Washington, of course, uh, wrote uh, while he was very young, the rules for civility. Many of us are familiar with uh, Ben Franklin's 13 Virtues. Uh, Both of those works are time-tested. They're also very timely, by the way. Uh, Their insight and experience provide a perfect ready reference for all of us as we deal with some pretty contentious issues. Now, Benjamin Franklin and George Washington are, of course, Flawed, like all humans are, but these were some pretty smart guys, <laughs> sages of the early chapters of this country. But they chronicled some principles 
of how do you deal with disagreement? How do you disagree better? And even though their wisdom, their principles, their counsel was written over two centuries ago, it may be more applicable today than when they first wrote it. I think it should be mandatory reading for everybody. Uh, We've talked about the need for more civics education in the country. Uh, We could just read Washington and Franklin, uh, these two appeals to disagree better, and I think it would go a long way. So let's start with George Washington. He he wrote a few things. Here's a few things for you to ponder on a Wednesday. Uh, He said, be not hasty to believe flying reports to the disparagement of any. Let your conversation be without malice or envy, for tis a sign of tractable and a commendable nature, and in all causes of passion permit reason to govern. I love this one. Speak not injurious words, neither in jest nor earnest. Scoff at none. Think before you speak. Be not apt to relate news if you know not the truth thereof. In disputes, be not so desirous to overcome as to not give liberty to each one to deliver his opinion. Speak not evil of the absent, for it is unjust. So those are just a few little nuggets for you on a Wednesday from George Washington. I think that would help us disagree just a little bit better. Uh, Benjamin Franklin uh, noted a few other things that might help us disagree a little bit better. He talked about silence. He said, speak not, but what may benefit others or yourself. Avoid trifling conversations. Order. He talked about order. Order in our conversations. Order in our surroundings. He talked about sincerity. He talked about justice. He talked about moderation and avoiding extremes. And, of course, he rounded out uh, his 13 virtues with one that he struggled with the most, according to him anyway, and that was humility. Those are all pretty good ways to disagree a little bit better and get to better solutions in terms of what actually needs to be done. Uh, One of our texters just chimed in and said, uh, no one will ever be heard as long as being heard is equated to getting what you want. Uh, that's a great point, and those things are not the same. And sadly, in our society, we have conflated those, uh, just like we talked about censorship earlier in the program today. Uh, everybody's fine when the other side gets censored, or the, your opposition, your opponents get censored, but be careful, <laughs> you're next, because uh, it always comes around. All right, I'm going to give you a couple of my strategies for disagreeing better. First, restraint always works. So just because you can say something, we all have our freedom of speech. Just because you can say something doesn't mean you should. I actually believe the ultimate display of power is choosing not to use it. So just reacting to the emotional outburst of others with an equal amount of anger is the opposite of restraint, in my view. And it usually just leads to a reckless game of verbal chicken. I think we saw that yesterday usually ended with no agreements, no solutions, damaged relationships, reduced opportunity for dialogue, and little to no chance of compromise or productive outcomes. 
Uh, as we've been saying all day today, the old adage is true. Speak in anger and you'll deliver the best speech you will ever live to regret. Here's another way for you to disagree a little better on a Wednesday. If you must speak, ask a question. Uh, there really can be a, a greater quality in all of our conversations and relationships if we understood the difference between exclamation points and question marks. Instead of trying to make points, we, we might want to try asking a few questions instead. Uh, and we'll spend another uh, segment on this on another day, but I'm convinced you can do far more with a question in getting your point across and being influential than you can by making statements, especially if you're using a lot of exclamation points. Uh, let's sneak in a couple others real quick before we get to the top of the hour here. Another way we can make sure that we're disagreeing a little better is to recognize that uh, wedges cannot be driven into bridges. They just can't. Sometimes that wedge just gets driven deeper and deeper, and it just causes the divide to go wider and wider. And so we can't do that. We have to avoid instant certainty. We've talked about that a lot over the past week. Uh, We have to suspend our certainty and be open. Just be open to the possibility that somebody might have a great idea. Or, heaven forbid, you might be wrong. But we can all do that. We can suspend judgment. We can suspend that certainty. And then finally, before we get to the break, uh, one last strategy for disagreeing better is to just let's talk. Uh, When somebody says, let's talk, that is an invitation to come to a conversation and to listen, to understand, and then to move forward. So you may disagree with me and I may disagree with you on a lot of these issues, but I can believe and I'm certain that we can at least agree that we can begin by committing to the idea that we can disagree better. I'm Boyd Matheson. We're going to take a quick top of the hour news break. When we come back, much more to come on KSL News Radio. We're tracking the First Lady right here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.